Hey everybody, it's Todd. If you happen to be new to Zen Parenting Radio, you might not know that our motto for every single podcast is this, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. So we're hosting the Let's Get Real conference on March 11th and 12th. Kathy and I are bringing eight dynamic speakers, 12 amazing vendors, and upwards of 300 to 400 parents from around the country together for this amazing two-day event. We created this community to help us all be the best parents we can be. It's taking place at the Westin in Lombard, Illinois, which is just outside of Chicago. But we're close to selling out for the first day of this two-day conference, so get registered today by going to zengetsreal.com. We really hope to see you there. And now, on with the show. Here we go. My name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. We have a very special guest, sweetie. I know. Very special guest. And I will say, on record, this might be my favorite guest minus our moms. Okay. we did a Mother's Day special. And they were our favorite of all time. So we have one of my best friends. I'm not going to give him the exclusive title, my best friend. Oldest? Friends? No, not oldest. I knew Marty before I knew Charlie. Like by days? But we have Charlie Donnelly here, author Charlie Donnelly, um, here to share some stories about his book and his dreams and things like that. Gosh, I am honored. Um, We're honored. So, um, so yes, I met Charlie. I knew Charlie throughout grade school, but um, we became friends in eighth grade. Okay. I don't know how we avoided each other for the first seven years of grade school. Either do I. Were you avoiding me? I don't think I knew you. I think I think we knew of each yeah. other. I was in the cool crowd. You were in the the other side. <laughs> and then you pulled him over. Yeah. That's right. I brought him into the good side. It's just like the uh, the Force Awakens. Yes, taking me over. It's exactly right. So then uh, high school, and then lo and behold, college. We were roommates in college for I think all four years. When yeah. when I first started dating you, if we can call it dating, it was um, dating, sweetie. Okay. I was I was whining did, and dining you. Did you take me out on a date? No, spaghetti works. So. Spaghetti. spaghetti works. Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> but you and Charlie lived together. We did. Mm-hmm. We did. So um, I'll cut to the chase. So I was at a men's retreat in November, and I saw something on his wife's Facebook page. And it was a little video. And I click on it, and I'm like, wow, this is interesting. It's a video of a trailer of a book. Now, I've known Charlie most of my life, and it says, written by esteemed author Charlie Donnelly. I honestly thought in the beginning it was a joke. So did I. Right. I really did. I, thought, I, like, I texted did, you. I thought his kids did something with the, with the iPad and all that. With, like, Movie like, Maker? How, like, how could this idiot write Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't even in our our frame of reference. But then I'm like, this is a really well-produced yes. trailer of a book. First of all, I didn't know they had trailers of books. I didn't know. When, it was a, it was a two-minute YouTube clip of like a movie trailer, but it was for Charlie's book. And by the way, the name of Charlie's book is called Summit Lake, and we're going to talk a lot about that in here in right. just a minute or two. So I saw um, the trailer, and I'm like, oh, my God, my friend wrote a book. Yeah. Now, Charlie, what do you do for a living? Uh by day, I'm an eye doctor. <laughs> okay. By night? By night, you're a lover? <laughs> By night, I'm an author. It's okay. So uh, I called him the next morning on my way home from my retreat, and I'm like, dude, what's going on? You're an author? So my first question is, why didn't I know you were an author? Good question. Um, thanks for having me, first of all. And also, I'm glad I'm your favorite guest, and if I... Take a step or a seat behind Sharon, your mom. Yes. I'm honored to, to be the third favorite guest. <laughs> um, why didn't you know I'm an author? Because, you know, I think we've all met people, and I know I have, and, I, and I, there's nothing wrong with this, where they put it out there mm-hmm. that they're, I'm going to write a book someday, or I'm going to fill in the blank someday. And then if that day never comes, for me, I would have been disappointed to tell everyone that. Um, so I kept it private, just... Uh, who, who knew that you were writing a book? My wife, Amy. Anybody uh, else? My sister. That's about it. Wow. Okay. And uh, yeah, but I, cause, because it's the, the chance for you to get a book published is very slim. Um, and one in a hundred, one in a thousand, any idea? I, I don't know. And when I you say publish, you mean traditionally yeah, published? Yeah, traditionally published by New York. It's, it's, it's notoriously hard to do, and there's stories about how hard it is. So. Uh, I didn't want to be that person that said, oh, I'm going to write a book, and then you ask me 10 years later, 
hey, how's that book coming? Right. You know, and then, oh, I'm still working on it. Well, there's two ways I can approach what your response was. One is I think that you're like, uh, you know, if you don't say it, then you can't fail. So I, I, I challenge you and invite you to comment. Was it a, like a protective measure to not endure other people's perception of absolutely. failure? Absolutely. Okay. Fear, fear of failure, absolutely. But now the other thing that you said to me on the phone, and you probably don't remember this, is you said a lot of people talk about what they're doing. I just decided to do it. And that, I think, is a little bit better answer. And they're probably both true. But a lot of people just say what they're going to do. And Charlie decided to start doing it. So when did this process, not this book, but just you becoming a writer, how long ago did it really start? I started a while ago, and I actually have. I was interviewed by Writer's Digest, so there's um, a, an article with the probably more of a full story with this. But um, I probably started. I remember writing a book, and there, I wrote a really, really bad manuscript when I was uh, when I first started out. And I remember I was writing that while 9/11 happened. So that was in 2001. I was in the process of writing for the first time uh, a manuscript, and. Uh, but that process probably took me, because I had no idea what I was doing, probably took me three years to write it. Okay, so that was 2001. We're in 2015. So this journey began about 14 years ago. Wait, I want to even back up further, because I like childhood stuff. So <laughs> he always puts things over me, like right when I'm about Sweetie, to talk. it's the audience's experience. That's right. We've got to make it more fun. Um, so when you were a kid... Like, did you like English? Did you write? Did you like, did you do young author stuff? Or like when, like, so like you started and you started writing around 9-11 or you would know you were writing, but like, when were you like, this is something I want to do? Yeah, I have like a totally non-traditional answer to that. Because if you, if you look at authors, uh, you know, and, and you, that's a common question. They're always, oh, I, you know, I, I was writing when I was four and I wrote a short story totally. and I, <laughs> I, I went to an Ivy League school and I studied creative writing. I mean, I had, I actually hated reading when I was a kid. I, I, I think the first book I read, I know the first book I read was um, The Born Ultimatum. Uh, awesome. I read them in reverse order because I knew so little. I thought this is a, looks like a cool book. I'm going to try to read it. And that was in high school. So I don't think I read for pleasure until I was in high school. But the the Jason Bourne books and then some John Grisham books got me thinking, this is pretty cool when you get into a good book. And I think someday I want to I want to give it a shot. And that so I think the seed was planted in high school. Um but I didn't write a lick in high school, college, afterwards until, um, yeah, I was probably right around 2001 when I first started writing. I wanted to do it, but it's like everything else. You, you, you're waiting till for some moment of inspiration, and then eventually I just decided to give it a shot. So when I talked to Charlie on the phone that day, I mean, it was an hour-long conversation because I was infatuated with the idea of how do you get published how did you come up with these ideas that are in this book? And uh, real briefly, how would you describe what the book is? What, what genre and how would you describe it? It's a suspense novel, uh, suspense, thriller, mystery. That's the genre it's in. Um, it's, what it's about is the story of a murdered law school student and uh, the investigative reporter that's assigned to write about the murder that takes place in this quaint mountain town called Summit Lake. And the, the story is just about their sort of in each of their uh, individual uh, journeys, but then the connection they have together as uh, you, as the reader and the investigative reporter finds out what actually happened to this girl who was killed. That That's actually, first of all, Todd and I both read this book. Yes, we, I read it over Christmas break. Or no, no it, it, I read it over Thanksgiving, yeah. and you had read it before me, right. and it's really good, and obviously we'll, you know. We'll we, talk about we'll that. We'll talk about that, but that was one of the things I loved about it because I went through a big phase of my life where I read books like this all the time, and then I had to stop a little bit when I had JC because it was like, you know, too much, <laughs> I, you know, I too much to spend. I already had suspense in my life, right? I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and so going back to a book like this was so fun. And what I loved about it was everyone's voice and lots of different, almost like lots of different narrators, because there's like all different, I mean, you know what I mean? Like different perspectives. Yeah. And so that was one of my most fun things. You feel like you get to know everybody. Yes, yes. I And, and I will... 
when I told Charlie, because I read a bunch of self-help books. I like read Wayne Dyer books and Tony <laughs> Robbins books and things We're like that. We're nonfiction. And yeah. I said, just, you know, I'll try my best, Charlie, to give you my unbiased opinion. And it's impossible to give you an unbiased opinion just because I've known you as long as I have. But I said, I'll do my best. So I read the first half of the book and it was really, really good. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, my friend is an actual writer. And it took me, and I said, by the way, I'm a really slow reader. So this is true. Please be patient with me. <laughs> and I read the first, how, how many pages are in the book? That's 300. 300 pages. I read the first half in maybe a week or something like that, a little bit at a time. And then I got to the middle and Charlie's like, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I can't wait to hear what you think about the second half. It, it, there's a lot of things that happen. And I think I read the second half of the book in about a day and a half. Mm. Not because I, uh, just because I wanted to. Like I had other things I had to do, but I couldn't not find out what happened to these characters. We actually, Charlie, you'll enjoy this. When Todd was finishing the book, we got into an argument that night. I'm prepared to talk about that <laughs> argument. It's actually part of my talk at the Zen Parenting Conference, oh, sweetie. Oh, great. So, Charlie, you... No, you know, as like a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, <laughs> yeah, so I, th I look at you guys when I watch Zen Parenting, yeah. not as Todd and Kathy, my friends. I like right. you guys are these personalities. And I'm like, they, they never fight. No. Right. You guys fight? It, 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 the word is strong. We definitely disagree. We disagree. Yes. We don't yell I've at each other. At, yeah. Well, I probably have yelled at you before, but not that I can recall. I cannot remember a single time that either one of us have yelled at either yeah, one. Yeah, I don't think so. It's just not our style. Yeah. It doesn't mean people... Couple, it's healthy for for couples to yell at each other. Or it's healthy for couples to argue yeah. and to disagree. We just don't look at things the same way all the time, and so there's a lot of using our voice to get our needs met. How's right. that? So, um, <laughs> deep, deep. <laughs> so, but what I'll say is, so I've talked to Charlie on the phone and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so happy for you. I just want you to succeed. What can I do to help? I, first thing I thought, I'm like, I gotta have you on the podcast. And you're like, Todd, you do a parenting podcast. What is summit Lake, a suspense novel have to do with parenting? And I said, Charlie, we have anybody who have stories of inspiration on this show. Mm -hmm. And this is inspirational because you took a dream and you made it into a reality. So if you can briefly explain the amount of rejection that took place in order for Summit Lake finally to appear. Wow. Again, that's uh, it's a lot in the article. But can I let me say one thing? When you were reading the book, yeah, it's funny. I, I I'm having this like great experience where I'm hearing from readers um, from from all over the place who've read early, uh, not just not friends, but but. Readers, Anonymous people yeah, who get advanced copies through my publisher, and it's been really fun because you go through this solitary, isolated period of writing the book with very little feedback, and then when you start to get feedback from people, it's especially if it's good feedback, it's really re rewarding. But when you were reading the book, the the best times I had was I I probably still have them on my phone. You texted me. I would say, uh, honestly, a hundred times yeah. during different parts of the book. And it was just hilarious to read. Well, and I was trying to be opportunistic because one is <laughs> I don't read fiction. And second of all, when's the next time I'm going to be able to read a fiction book and text the writer and get his candid response upon what I'm... Because it's kind of like a murder mystery a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, this is who I think did it, but this is who I know you think I want to think did it. <laughs> right. So Very it's definitely over, not yeah, that. Overanalyzing as we tend to do. So get back to the rejection because okay, I so, think that's a really important part. So the other thing with this article I did was as, as an aspiring writer, and there's lots of them out there, you read a lot of how, how this writer did it. How did you break in? And uh, so I put out as an example Stephanie Meyer, who wrote the Twilight series. I've so heard of her. She, <laughs> she seriously has a story where she woke up with a dream, and literally six months later she had finished a manuscript, had found an agent, and had found a publisher who gave her a three-book deal for lots and lots of money. And it's really inspiring because you go, oh, gosh, that could happen. Mm -hmm. But I, when I wrote this article from Writer's Digest, I wanted to make sure people knew that, that that's – an outlier. That's not typically how it works, although it's not impossible that that will happen to you, but that's an outlier. And if you do find rejection, you know, you just keep going because ultimately you'll still find success at the end. So when I, my rejection or my story to publication starts, that first manuscript I wrote was, like you said, I, I don't know what year I finished it, probably 2003. 
And I sent out, I probably got like 100 rejection letters from agencies, from literary agencies, because the process is you write a book, you send your idea to an agent, and an agent will either reject you or pick you up. If the agent picks you up, then with an agent, you can go approach major publishers in New York. And so you need a, you need an agent to do this, typically. And so I probably, with that first manuscript, was rejected 100 times. I finally asked uh, a friend of a friend to to for a recommendation to their agency, which I ended up getting. And I had an agent actually read the book, and uh, then he called me and told me, you know, some honest things about the book for the first, uh, <laughs> the first thing he told me was it wasn't very good. Um, and this is like, you know, and the other thing is you're just learning. I mean, I, this manuscript I wrote, the first manuscript was probably, well, I, I mean, I know it was 180,000 words. That's like a six or 700 page manuscript, wow. which for your first book, it's, it's, it's just about impossible to sell that because no one's going to take a chance and produce this massive book that no one might read. It's an overshoot a little totally. bit. Mm-hmm. But you, Did you but, know you were overshooting when you were no, writing it? No. It's, but, you you know, didn't know what you didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. But I also, what, looking back, it's like when you first write something, Kathy, you will appreciate this, you could never delete it. Correct. Right? I mean, it's like, oh, my God, it took me a week to write these 10 pages. Uh, they're, they're not the greatest, but I can't delete them. And right. so it takes a long time to learn that. So a lot of rejection with the first manuscript. And then I finally got a hold of the agent who gave me my last rejection, but he talked to me and gave me some good advice. And uh, I took all of that input and wrote a second book. So uh, the second, second book must be the one that's Summit Lake, right? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Not quite, The okay. second one was called Plus Two Days, and it was a story of um, a husband and wife torn apart by tragedy. But that book uh, got, landed me an agent. I, I sent it out, uh, and I got a lot of responses from agents who were interested in reading either part of the manuscript or the full manuscript. And when, when that happened, uh, after I sent it out, uh, finally the agent that I'm with now, the agency I'm with now, which is the Stringer Literary Agency, they called, loved it, took me on, um, and then we went out to sell that manuscript. Give me uh, an idea of what year that around. Give me I, know, a... I know the exact year because okay. it was she got a hold of me, Marlene got a hold of me on New Year's Eve of 2007. Wow. And said she loved my book and it was wow. uh, really that's a moment. Really great wow. uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah. So that's eight years ago. Actually nine. Go ahead. Eight, right? There well, was we're 2007 but it was the last day of right. 2007. So anyways, Marlene and I cleaned up the manuscript, sent it out, and we got really close. This was I still have like this special place in my heart for this story in this book, and I hope someday we'll I'll revisit it. But we got really close um, over the couple of months that we were submitting it, and then ultimately everyone passed right. on that manuscript. But we we still probably shopped it around because there's you know. There's lots of publishers and lots of uh, imprints of publishers. So you send it out. We we uh, ultimately got rejected, and Marlene told me to start another book. So, so yeah. now you're going to start Summit Lake. No, I'm now we're my ready. Third manuscript, which is Summit Lake. <laughs> Not quite. Oh boy, <laughs> Strike Three. This strike might be three. called Strike Three, but go ahead. So yeah, I wrote this one, and same process. It it took me about a couple of years to write it, but ultimately we got it into good shape. We sent it out. And same thing, really close, but all rejections. Right. Uh, and that, so then that's pretty discouraging because at this point I'm really questioning if I'm good enough to, to break in. What year is uh, the third manuscript rejected? Give me an idea. Uh, 2012, 2013. So we started in 2001, and now we're in 2012 or 2013. All right. Yeah. But 2001, I would say, is I'm all it's on, the my dream. Own. Yeah. You, the yeah. dream, all on my own. That's when the seed, but that's important because a lot of us say, oh, we want to do this and we want it to happen. I think this is the most important part of the story. We want it to happen the next day mm-hmm. or the next year. And the patience that you had with this is what I think is most inspiring. But go ahead. Um, okay, so, so then Marlene, you know, I think... You're an agent, so you're going to say the same thing to all your clients. Go write another book, you know, because she sells books. You got to go write one for me to sell. And how was your energy level after the third book was rejected? Were you still as inspired as you were? Uh, I would at that at the moment that that 
that my third one was rejected because remember I'm on the brink of breaking in. Yes. I mean I have I was going to say precipice, but you can say brink. I'm on the precipice of breaking in and people and 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 Marlene thinks we're there too. I mean she's telling me you know keep your phone on because we might get a call on Monday for an offer and, wow. and it's been such a long road that when the rejection comes each rejection was like you know knocks you down more. But anyways, I I, I was to answer your question. I was not motivated. I was totally uninspired, and I think it was useful to be that uninspired because it got me to reflect and say, "Why? What am I doing? Like, why do I want to try to do this, or why do I want to write?" And so, when I collected my thoughts, I, I figured, I figured out the reason I love to read. And if if you guys are both readers, of, maybe of different types of books, but if you love to read you can immediately think of a book that you couldn't wait you, you couldn't wait to get back to when you're reading it you couldn't you didn't want to put it down yeah. and when you had to put it down you couldn't wait to get back to it later and when it was over you're kind of disappointed you're like oh you missed gosh, the people i missed the people mm-hmm. the characters the setting and so i kind of reflected on what i love most about reading and then when I figured that out, I said, you know, that magical process that you have when you read a book, that's what I want to try to create. And so I got my head straight and then I wrote the fourth manuscript with all those kind of feelings in mind of trying to write a book that people don't want to stop reading, that they can't wait to get back to, and that they just don't want it to end. And once I channeled all that, I I, I wrote a manuscript that is called Summit Lake. So what's interesting about that is Kathy and I have talked about this a lot on the show is we talk about how we try to avoid, I, I'm not saying you're depressed, but you were sad. You, you were kind of down on your luck. And as human beings, as parents, we try to avoid these low energy feelings. Disappointment. And what Charlie is saying is that he actually used that low frequency, if you want to call it that. And he used it to catapult it. So wouldn't you agree that that is something that we talk a lot about? Well, yes. And I think it's more than that. I think that the most important thing that he said is when you have disappointment, you have to stop and say, why am I doing this? And what's the most important thing to me rather than how do I like, um, you know, instead of force my way through or I need a new agent or it's other people's right. fault. It's like a reflection on what am I doing? Because my one of my questions to you, which I, I think I already know the answer is when, because I've heard from Todd that you would get up early in the morning and write. Is that true? Correct, yeah. When you would do that, was that, I'm sure that was difficult to wake up early, but was it awful or were you like, this is where I'm oh, home? Totally. I love to do it. And, and what time nice. would you wake up? Three or four. Depends on what day and what I had you know what what i had to accomplish wow and what time do you go to bed usually give or take 11 no i mean it, you know 10 10 11, 11. 12, 1 2 3 so 5 or 6 hours you just go to bed earlier than the most of us suckers but then he'd TV. wake up and do what he does like do it's a it, long day though think about that it is cuz then at 8 o'clock you got to go be an eye doctor for 8 hours yeah, but I mean, a it helps that I like my job. I mean, I I, I take care of people. I, I love my job, um, but it also helps that you know it's not like I'm getting up and digging ditches for four hours and you're forced to do it yeah. as a second job because I need the money. Um, I was doing it because a I wasn't getting paid a dollar at the time yeah. to write. I was doing it because I love it. And what what Kathy was saying is how you did you feel? I mean, of course you had to feel. You were motivated. You were in this yeah. great place, and you were loving it. Otherwise, oh gosh, for what are sure you you'd have quit. You'd have quit a long time ago. Exactly. And by the way, can I just preface something? Yeah. Anytime Kathy tells me what I was thinking during this interview, I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Yeah. What? What? When I talk, Kathy and I have had a lot of conversations about you because I think it is. It's you know not to minimize anybody else's book writing, but I have a feeling that this book is actually going to be very successful. Me too. Now, I don't know what the odds are from to get an agent, like that's not easy to do, and then to get a book published, that's not easy to do. And then once you get your book published, it's not easy for it to be sold. So you keep overcoming these hurdles. But what I said to Kathy was the most impressive part about this story is that you kept doing it. And then I think, Kathy, you realized, or maybe I did, I feel like you couldn't not do it. Do you know what I mean? Like right. you, you weren't doing it for any external motivation. You did it because it was inside of you. Is that fair to say? For sure. And I think we talked a little bit the other day, but 
you know, we went through this process during during one of these rejections. I it was with that very first manuscript, and I couldn't even get anyone to read it or or respond to me. And I thought, you know, after like a year of doing it, a year of rejection, I I did. I just thought I, I sort of gave up. And and at the time, I'm still not great at self reflection, but when I th- like the next week or two, I was like feeling awful. And this is. This is before I had kids. I was married. I mean, you had time to kind of look at yourself and realize what was, what was wrong with you. And I realized that in that time where I stopped, I gave up. I said, I'm going to stop writing. Um, I just can't break in. I can't get it done. During that time, I there was something, I don't want to say wrong with me, but something I could feel something wasn't right within me. And There's a disturbance in the force. Yes. Seriously. Well, that but then is... I realized I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't chasing this dream anymore. And so that's to answer one of your other questions. Even if I never got to this point where I'm talking to you guys about this book, I, I said if I if I just keep trying, it's going to fulfill something in me. Even yeah. if I don't get to the you know, quote unquote, finish line. And that's what I was going after is that this is a fun story and nice to wrap up because we've got this great book in front of us, but there are people who wake up every day and do things and like your words that, you know, they can't not do it. And that's great because when they're not doing it, they feel either lost or that, like you said, there's something missing, there's something not right, they get low and they think it's outside of themselves when really it's just the process of doing. And I know this sounds so jargony, but the, you know, it's the journey, man. I mean, you're going to look back on this last 10 years or whatever years and have such, you know, fond feelings for this time, you know, because this was the whole creation. You know, it's like some of the stuff that people will hold up to you is, oh, this is so great or the book tour or all these things you're going to do. I hope you enjoy it a tremendous amount, but there will be times when you're like, yeah, I like three in the morning, right? right. You know? All by yourself. All by and, yourself. Yeah. There's a, they're both are cool. So is your agent or your publisher, whoever it would be, are they trying to get you to go out and like promote this and travel and all that stuff? And if so, what was your answer? Um, yeah, there was a little bit of that. I, you know, I, I have a job I have to fulfill. So, you know, there's, I'm not going to be going on a 60 city book tour. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, there'll be some promotional uh, events that I'm doing starting, you know, at the end of this month and going through the summer. Uh, Tell Um, us what that is, just so our listeners know. So in our, there'll be a book launch, reading and signing at Read Between the Lines bookstore, which is in Woodstock, Illinois, uh, January 30th. That's Saturday, January 30th. The book is out when? The book will be out January 26th. And actually, this is coming out on the 29th. So the book was released three days ago. So you could buy it oh, right yeah. now. Right. So you could buy it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> anywhere book, anywhere books, are, books are sold. You can also buy it online. Um, yeah, but if you're in the, if you're in the uh, northern Illinois area tomorrow, then Saturday uh, is the book launch yeah. signing party. Yeah. There you go. Beautiful. Um, so it reminds me of, you know, we talk about, it's about the ends and not the means. That doesn't mean that whatever success comes to you as a result of the publish, publication of this book doesn't mean that you're not going to appreciate it and love it and all that other stuff. But if that was your only motivation, which is the financial success or, you know, your ego getting stroked because a lot of people think you're a good writer, don't you think that you probably would have quit a long time ago? No doubt. Safe to say. Pardon the interruption, folks. We'll get back to the interview in just a sec. But first, I want to tell you about our amazing partners. Jay Smith is a friend of ours and president of McGill First Aid Kit. Jay put together the ultimate family first aid kit containing everything his family and yours might need. Items for burn relief, bandages for all kinds of cuts, top-of-the-line tweezers, eye wash, cold compresses, you name it. It even has a car sickness bag for those tough road trips. So here's the deal. Go to mcgillfirstaidkit.com to buy your $70 kit for just $65, and that includes free shipping. Just make sure you enter the code ZENCODE. Hunter Clark Fields is a mindfulness mama mentor. She coaches smart, accomplished, overstressed moms on how to create mindfulness in their daily lives. Hunter has over 20 years of experience in yoga and mindfulness practices and has taught thousands worldwide. 
She does one-on-one coaching and she also has the Present Mama community. It's a subscription service where you get access to an ever-growing library of high-quality yoga practices, guided meditations, and mindful parenting lessons. It includes a community forum and a live group coaching call. Check out presentmamacommunity.com. Now, back to the interview. Safe to say. I mean, I've also had a lot of people ask me, oh, you know, these I've heard from these aspiring writers, you know, how, how much do you get paid? How much? In, and I want to tell them that if that's what you're writing a book for, you're just, you're not going to find your yeah. muse. You're not going to be inspired if you're just writing to try to get a paycheck, which, trust me, I, I'm happy to have to finally be paid for writing a book, but that's not my original motivation for writing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We talk about that all the time because especially in a creative process kind of profession, if the creative if that is all you have to go for or if you have that fear underneath it, imagine how stifled you're going to be creatively. Like to wake up in the morning at 3 and go, I have to write this book or I can't feed my family. Yeah. That's that's challenging versus um I don't know if you know Elizabeth Gilbert. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Um, It's kind of like a memoir, but she just wrote a book this year called Big Magic. And she talks about that, how when you are in a creative field, like being a writer, there is a day like where you are now, where now you're getting paid and all of this has paid off. But until then, don't put that kind of pressure on your creativity. Don't say you have to do this for me because really creativity, you know, it's a gift. It's not something that... um, you know, that we should be asking, forcing it mm-hmm. to pay our bills. If right. it does, great. But it doesn't always do that. So the, the thing is, if it does, at least from the writers, creative people I've talked to, it it does as an accident or secondarily. Yes. It's, yes. Not, you, it's a byproduct. Yeah, it didn't start off that way. Oh, I totally agree. So uh, one thing, this is a teaser for the end of the show, but I have put together uh, some movie quotes of some of the more suspenseful, because this book is a suspense, thriller, mystery, what do you call it? All of the above. So, Todd, yeah. the <laughs> genre. Genre. The fiction genre is mystery, suspense, thriller. So I Googled mystery, suspense, thriller, and I pulled up a bunch of movie quotes. So what we're going to do is at the end of today's show, okay. I'm going to play a bunch of different lines, and whoever gets the most amount of lines, say, within a week. So they're going to email us at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Okay. Whoever gets the most within, say, the first five days after the release of this podcast will... We, your publisher was kind enough to give five free books away, correct? Correct. Hardcover books. So do the people who email have to get all of the movie quotes right? Well, if uh, within the first week, let's say we have 20 people that do it, um, whoever gets the most will get it. What if people say a few movie quotes and they just say, I love Charlie or something like that? Doesn't I, count. I say we give them a book. No, no way. <laughs> Too much pressure. So okay, but I that's gotcha. the deal. So now I feel like now's a good time. I don't know how much you want to talk about what the book is about. I know you gave us a quick 30-second blurb on it. Do you want to sell that at all, or do you just want to kind of say this is what it is? If it floats your boat, then go right ahead. I say we talk about the murderer. Ooh. I'm just kidding. Really? (laughs) I say we just put it out there and say who did it. No, I have a question that may lead this off because this is – I as I was reading it, I was thinking about this. Okay, it law students are involved. Correct. Correct. Why are law students so interesting to us? I mean, don't you feel like when you read a book and you're you're it's like law students that there's something that that's so just naturally interesting about them? Um, t- for sure, but I think it's also like uh, Gray's and you know medical students, yes, Gray's Anatomy. Students. You're just looking students in yes. general because you look at at their lives and the, and what they do and what they're learning and specifically their potential, right? Yes. I mean, that's what you, lots of lawyers don't do very well yes. or aren't very happy. But in our minds, all doctors and all lawyers are filthy rich and 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 they love their job. And as a, when you're reading about this or watching it on a television show, I think you're watching it for their potential and what they're going to do in the future. And that's certainly what is Summit Lake's about. Totally. It's like realizing who they're going to become and how their choices, which this is a huge part of the book, end up dictating what happens to them. Right. You know what I mean? Those, those you know, sometimes those character choices that then we think, you know, they think, oh, it's getting, it's moving me forward when really it can end up being a detriment. 
for sure. I'm trying to be general because I like want to talk <laughs> so, about. So well, here I'll help, and then you okay. guys can jump in. So, okay. The story opens up, and there's no spoilers here. We'll make sure we try not to have any spoilers. Do you have a dump? Do you yes. Have a dump on? No, okay. that. So the 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 chapter one, there's a character called Becca who is killed in chapter one, and you, as the reader, are are there during the murder. You're it's from Becca's point of view and you're experiencing it um and then the story unfolds from that point uh there's two parallel narratives so there's two stories that take place one is we we as the reader go back in becca's life a year before the night she dies and we get to live her life chapter by chapter up until through through the end of college into law school up until the very night she dies and the parallel narrative is of Kelsey, the investigative reporter, who goes to Summit Lake to look into Becca's death. And you, chapter by chapter, learn through her perspective the secrets that she finds that have to do with Becca. And the chapters play really nicely off of each other um, to build suspense and to bring the reader, sort of to give the reader all the clues they need to figure this out and bring the reader right up to the moment she dies and uh, and what I hope is a is a big climax. It is. That's when I was like, I mean, you're kind of, you're turning pages quickly through the whole book, but there was I, that end part that I was like, mm-hmm. I was videotaping because uh, I knew exactly where Kathy was at the book, and we we're at the Seattle airport uh-huh. as she was coming up to the climax of how you find out what it all happens, and I remember videotaping your reaction uh-huh. just because. It is so intriguing, right? Of how the book unfolds, right? And I just wanted to capture it. it You're you. This is another part of the the text messaging that you sent to me. But you, (laughs) you recorded Kathy's uh, reaction to finding out the mystery of the book. Yes, and then you sent it to me. That's exactly right. (laughs) That's so cool. (laughs) Which is like again, you know, as a as a writer. I'll honestly never have, I'll never watch people read my book. Right. Yes. Can you right. think of anything more boring? But, right. but, uh, <laughs> you but, Todd, there. but Todd recorded, and by the way, you recorded like 60 seconds yeah. before the, the reaction. So to anybody else, it's a really boring video. Yeah, I'm but, not going to post but that. to me, I'm like, I'm waiting for Kathy's response. And yeah. That was really fun. Well, and you kept saying, well, I think this person did it, or I think this is what's going on. And what the I only would... thing I could say was... You may be right, because well, I didn't want to give anything away. Totally. I would just throw out things because I would just pick up on clues. And, you know, as you're reading a book like this, as you're reading Summit Lake, you're trying – I'm trying to maintain little things that Charlie throws out there so I can, like, kind of re- keep it inside so I can piece it together. You yeah. know, that's what you do in right. these books. And so I, it was fun to throw them out at Todd and say, I noticed this, I noticed this. Um, and so I have to say this so I don't forget. Because I think this is going to become a movie, I told Charlie, Kelsey – is Reese Witherspoon, right? Can't you see that? Yummy. I could cut. That's who I saw. And then Becca, to me, was Emma Stone. Really? Yes. Even though I told Charlie, and I hope this isn't a bad thing to do, but I, I love the book. Sometimes Becca bugged me. Did she, like, sometimes, and maybe, and Charlie said, she's not supposed to, but there was something that I was like, I'm, is, does she know Reese what she's is doing? Reese too old to play Becca. No, not, she's not Becca. She's Kelsey. Oh, she's Kelsey. Got it. Emma yeah. Stone is Becca. And that's why I Got think it. Emma Stone is like perfect because I love her. You know what I mean? It's like that. I just I just loved those together. So two things is, you know, when I'm done with this interview, I'll, I'll call Reese. And yeah. Emma and <laughs> see, see if she can do it. See what we can Tell get. her we think that she'd be good. Lined up. Um, but the fun thing about hearing from people who have now read the book is uh, the other great thing about reading a book, right, is is it's you alone with the book. Correct. And it's different experience than watching a movie or watching a show or a television show or listening to music because you usually do that with people. You're right. either with your spouse or in a movie theater. Um, but when you read a book, it's just you and the book and you and the characters. And so what I've loved learning about this book is people's takes and different sort of interpretations of characters. And I, I was reading this one review where the girl wrote, you know, I, I love this. So you, you didn't love the character of Becca for, you, I for didn't, various well, – she, she bothered you for various reasons. I got mad at her sometimes. I wanted to talk to her. Right. Right. You so I shouldn't say counselor. she bugged me. I wanted to counsel her. Yes, that's a better Imagine reason. that. And I, and I had this other, this other 
reader tell me, she's like, I loved Becca because I was Becca. Mm -hmm. In high school, I was Becca. And so it's funny, you write this character, (laughs) and they take on this life of their own. and That you had no intention of. No intentions. And my, my sister who read the book, she she... You know, she disliked Becca to mm-hmm. some degree. Even you know, Becca's the main character of the book. Kelsey's also the main character, but she disliked her to some degree because of uh, her personality traits. That you said her the the consequences of her actions, and I think all of all of these likes and dislikes come specifically from the reader, your own past, for sure, and your own interpretation and perspective of these characters and I and I love that a character I wrote can take on a different meaning to different readers mm-hmm. it's, absolutely it's really fun that's the definition of art you know that's when you know you've created art because people take it and they like mull it through themselves and process it through it themselves and and that's how it has meaning and you know Charlie was over here a week or so ago and we were talking about the book more in detail and I was saying that that I knew this girl and I knew this girl, and I know what she's doing, right. and I want to be like, honey, you know. And so that's the thing: it's it's not that she bugs me like I, you know, blah, 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 she's not a good character. It's that you just want I want to like hold her and be like, stop, right? You know. And so that's that's what we do, like you said. Sweetie, we, there's nothing you can do for Becca. I I know that she's I knew gone. that from chapter she's one. Okay. She's died. She died. <laughs> I knew that. Okay. So um, you have enjoyed. I don't know how comfortable you feel with uh, talking about this, but you've already enjoyed some success in that some other countries' publishing houses have picked up the book. What does that mean, and who did? Um, so what does it mean? It means that the book's going to be read, you know, internationally. This book, through my publisher. Uh, is is will be published in United States and Europe and through the you know Canada and Australia basically through an arm of the publisher. Uh, I, what has also happened is Germany has picked up the rights, Poland has picked so German rights have sold, Polish rights have sold, Portuguese rights in Brazil have sold, um, audio rights have sold, so you can listen to it on Audible. And uh, why didn't you uh, read? Why didn't you be the author? The it's narrator. A, the narrator. Yeah. I think you need to be a better voice, a better actor than myself. I think you can do so it. Put it this way: when I'm when I'm doing these readings, I, I'm reading, and I'm trying to listen to myself at how awful I sound reading. <laughs> so I couldn't imagine doing that for the entire book. Um, the reason I bring this up is because you, lo and behold, were signed to a second book deal, correct? Right. So with that comes pressure, because before you were some Joe Schmo writing a book, and now you are an established author, and now they're going to expect something as good, if not better, than Summit Lake. How are you going to deal with sophomore. that? Sophomore. What do they call that? Like the sophomore? Could be the sophomore jinx. Yeah. Slump. Sophomore but it's not going to be. We need another word. Like, it's going to be great. Sophomore awesomeness. Yes. That's, that's great alliteration. Too. Yes. Great. Yes. Um, yeah, so I signed a two-book deal, but... My life during 2015 was, you know, you asked me when I got up. When I was writing Summit Lake, I was getting up at 4 in the morning to try to get it done when no one was waiting for me to finish it. Um, The second book, now I actually had a lot of pressure on me to finish because my publisher's waiting for me to finish it. They want to see parts of it. They want to see chapters. They want to see where I'm at. They want to see an outline of it. So... See, Uh, now, without knowing anything, I'd be like, dude, I'll get it to you when I'm ready. This is my (laughs) book. But these people have ownership, not ownership over you, but they have skin in the game. So you need to respond. Yeah, and, you know, when you sign a deal like this, there's there's deadlines that get put in the contract. I had to have uh, the book to my publisher in October of 2015. Uh, I had to have it there. I mean, I... I guess you could ask for an extension, but by contract, I yeah. was obligated to have it there. So versus the other books I wrote, some like especially, I'd get up sometimes and you know I couldn't think of what to write or I didn't have the story perfectly down in my head. So eh, I would cruise the internet and look, you know, call it research, but not necessarily get any words down on the page. And with the second book, I had a strict schedule I had to be on. So I was, I was not forcing myself, but I was keeping a word count every day. And it's amazing when you make yourself write how, how quickly the story can pour out of you. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. So it was fun. Yeah, but 2015 was very um, hectic for me because I was I was uh, under deadline to write the second book, which is done and delivered and ready to go for. And what do you think? Is it as good as the first one? No, for sure. Really? Yeah, it's that and I more. Know, but the thing bold. is, you know, I've. It, it, it's Kathy, you and I were talking about this when you talk to, you know, movie stars about their movies, you're like, they right. wrote this they they acted in this movie two years ago. How are they really remembering? And so, you know, I was talking to a, a writer friend of mine and there and the, she says, you know, if you're not kind of bored and moved on with something else by the time your book comes out, you're you're not busy enough. So yeah. it's like right. I'm super excited for Summit Lake, but when I was writing the other book, I mean Summit Lake was nowhere on my mind because I was so into this story. Right. And the characters, and trying to create something as suspenseful as Summit Lake, and all I can go by are the people who have read it, which is, you know, Amy, my wife, my sister, my publisher, my agent, my editor, and you know, they've loved it, so I love it. Oh, I love it. How love much it. of uh, credit do you give to your former English teacher, Mr. Hires? <laughs> Mr. Hires has passed, hasn't he? I don't know. Oh. Probably right. He was old yeah. back then. Um, did you jump out a window? I, yeah, but no, that was my, uh, I thought that was a Latin teacher. Uh, I think who, uh, what other teacher other than Mr. Hires would not notice whether or not you jumped out a window during class? Well, you say during where class. you guys went to school. Loyal Academy. Yeah. A lot of Chicago people yeah. send their kids there. Um, I, I give much credit to all my educators, even if I don't remember them instilling in me the need to write. So, um, And I would like to say something. Um, my daughter, Cameron, is sitting here with us as we do this interview, and she's been um, listening. And part of it is just because she's here and we love her and we like having her around. She's but, homesick from school. Yes. Um, but the other part is because she likes to write. And so um, – Todd and I have been, you know, she asked us questions about writing, and I thought she would really enjoy listening to somebody who writes fiction um, tell a story, because that's really what you're more interested in, right, Cam? Mm -hmm. What is yeah. your book about? Um, it, it's a, about someone. Ooh, Ooh very specific. <laughs> Good place to start. <laughs> it is. Are you not prepared to talk about it? Uh, no, I okay. haven't rehearsed. Um, Cameron, did you, have you... Are you writing it or have you finished it? I'm writing it right now. And do you love doing it? Oh uh, yeah, it's really fun. She's been waking up in the morning before yep. school. Just like really? you. Really? Yes. So Cameron, you're gonna have the opposite story. You're gonna be the six year old or how old are you? Nine? Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I have a ten and eleven year old. I know Charlie is a parent, by the and way. You're gonna have you're gonna be that like girl that started writing when you were a little kid. Yeah. Mm. You don't have to wait till you're like twenty eight. Any advice for my daughter, Charlie? Keep writing. Yeah. Okay. Keep writing. I will do that. Um, throw Mama from the Train. Billy Crystal says, a writer writes always. That's my words of wisdom for the day. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> I thought it was pretty poetic. Especially because it's Throw Mama from the Train. Right. I mean, it's a very powerful movie. <laughs> it is. It's deep. That has touched lots oh, of people. It's a great movie. <laughs> I love that movie. I, I don't... <laughs> Dancing with the Wolves. No. Right, no. right, right. Good Forrest Gump. No. Schindler's List. No. 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 Forget. Throw Mama from the Throw Train. Mama from the Mama train. From the train. <laughs> one of my favorite movie lines of all time is from Throw Mama from the Train. Which is that last one you said? No. <laughs> no, that wasn't. Uh, it's when they decide that they're going to kill Danny DeVito's mom. Uh-huh. And he go. Danny DeVito says to Billy Crystal, what are you going to do? And Billy Crystal says, I'm going to kill the bee. Ooh. And then Billy Crystal says, do you want anything? And Danny DeVito says... You get me a chunky. <laughs> That's one of your favorite lines. It's hilarious. He's about to kill his mom, and he wants a chunky chocolate candy bar. Yeah. So, yeah. so disclaimer again. Yes. Todd's love of movies has nothing to do with his love of literature. If I could, <laughs> correct, they're let's, not, let's they're not directly correlated. If I could write a write a book about movie lines, I would be all set. Okay. But my movie line um, precision has fallen since these daughters of mine showed up. I know. A priorities shift in life, yet, right? Yet on a whim, you can pull a line from Throw Mama from the Train. So <laughs> That's right. Still got it. Special talent. It's inside of me. Kind of like the book was inside of yes. you. These movie lines live inside of me. Speaking of movie lines, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play a few different movie lines, and you guys are not allowed to guess okay. because you'll throw it all away. Right. All right? Some of them are easy. I purposely made some of them easy and some of them hard. So if there's somebody listening and they want a free copy of Summit Lake, hardcover copy, which retails for 
20 bucks. 25 dollars. 25 bucks, give or take. Um, listen to these movie lines, and however, whoever gets the most will get the free book. book. Right. Nice. There we go. I want to tell you my secret now. Did you ever talk to your mom about how things are? I don't tell her things. Why not? Because she doesn't look at me like everybody else, and I don't want her to. I don't want her to know. Know what? So those are both from the same movie. Do you know what it is, Char? No idea. Okay. No, you're not allowed to guess, Cameron. Um, so these are suspense movies. Correct. Here we go. As to swimming with bow-legged women. Does that ring a bell? No. Same movie. You're going to need a bigger boat. Oh, yeah. That's a little bit easier. Okay. This is a really good suspense. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Do you know what that is, sweetie? I think that's a great... Don't guess. I'm not going to. I oh. said I think it's a great line. Oh, do you know what it is? No. Do you, Char? Yes. There is no Kaiser Soze. Same sure. movie. Um, here we go again. Did you nurse Catherine Yassau? What? Did you breastfeed her? I know that one. Same movie. Here we go. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Now, now this is a really hard one because there's no words in this movie line. Okay. okay. Well, there's no words in it? You'll understand. Okay. <laughs> I do know. Do you know what it is? I do. do okay, good. Creepy. Creepy movie. It's a 40-second line. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> All right, it's enough of that. All right, different movie. Here we go. This is one of my scariest movies, and Kathy makes fun of me for it. What's the most you ever lost on a coin toss? Mm, I know this. Yes, sure. I've never the seen it, but I know what it is. You ever lost on a coin toss? I don't know. I couldn't say. Call it. That's oh, it. it's just brutal. That's disturbing, and I haven't seen the movie. It is ah. just that's brutal. Yeah. The writing, that's good writing, right, Charlie? Oh. Why well, again? I haven't seen the movie. I, I've seen that scene many times. Yeah. And it's a lot of. Oh. Um, um, this comfort. is this is an easier one. There's two more to go here. This is an easier one. There's Johnny. Okay, just yeah. to give people a little bit of confidence, uh -huh. and then this is the last one. Do you know what that one is? Yes. And actually, there's one more, and it's off of YouTube, and it's really good. Is this really... Visiting for a family. Hello? Have you checked the children? What? Hello, could you get me the police? If he calls again, we can try to trace it. Leave me Jill, we've traced the call. It's coming from inside the house. Just... Isn't that... Aren't you giving away the what it is? Movie, we need the movie. Okay. You don't know, do you know what the name of the movie is? I thought it was the first line that no, they said. it's not. I don't think so. Okay. So there it is. Those are the movie lines. So Get as you, many as you can. Get as many as you can. I don't know how many I just did. So get as many as you can. And email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Correct. And, we'll, uh, and then we'll exchange addresses so we can get you a copy. And we'll let you know if you win. So thank you to your publisher. What is your publisher? So we can give them a shout out. Kensington. 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 Thank you to Kensington. Publishing. Thanks, Kensington. What else you got, sweetie? Um, that is, I feel really good. You didn't talk about how we were arguing, but I don't want to like, you know, start up a whole new discussion. About how we... So this is this is it, and I'll wrap it up. Maybe sure. we can end with this. So Todd, as Todd said, he was getting into the book. He, he, he does read slow, but this last <laughs> part, he was just reading, 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 and I don't know what was going on, but I... I felt very disconnected, like we had a million things to do, and I had a lot going on, mm -hmm. and I really needed to, like, talk to somebody, and I... Every time I found him, he was reading your book. Yeah. I love that I've created a fight between you two. It was serious. So what you're saying is Summit Lake was so good... Yes! Yes. ...that Todd could not stop reading it. Correct. And he neglected and his family because of it. I'm not even understating. It was, like, kind of a big two-day deal for us to get through. Now, there's a lot of other elements... For us to get through that, but we were not seeing eye to eye at that and time. And it was challenging, Charlie, because he was reading your book. He was so excited. I'm so supportive of you. And I still wanted to say, put the damn thing down. <laughs> but here's what you and said. And look at me. Right. But what you said was, uh, you're like, are you finishing the book? I'm like, I'm finishing it. This is like, that's I was, right. I did do that. There's like 20 pages left. 
20 pages to you takes four minutes. That's right. Takes me like 55 minutes or So whatever. I said, are you finishing the book? You said yes. I went and washed my face, came back in, read a magazine. He still wasn't done. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I need to talk. So right. yes, that's exactly what happened. You said you said I could finish the book. And I said, that was an hour ago. Right. And, but, and, I, but, and I'm sure when you when when he was done reading, uh-huh. he was probably like really in the moment with you. Available? Right? Yeah, his, his mind was open to what your problems were and was not thinking about the end of the book at all. He was fully clear. <laughs> but here's the thing. Or not. I, as a man, see in black and white. Right. And if you say, go ahead and finish the right. book, I'm going to finish right. the book. Now, with a little bit of, um, you know, Monday morning quarterback, I could look back on that situation and say, you know what, sweetie, it's actually going to take me about an hour. Is that okay? But I didn't because I didn't know. But it took me that long, and it created a lot of tension that night. It did, and we did resolve it, but I will take responsibility for the fact that I was not clear that I wanted to talk. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. I just said, are you finishing? So it really isn't that great of a story. But to you, the point that the book is that good. Your story about your fight, not the book. <laughs> yeah. That's right. right. The book is excellent. <laughs> right. The story about the fight is, you know. Inconsequential, really. If I were better prepared, I wanted to have Charlie read a section of the book. Isn't that what you're supposed to do with authors? I could absolutely do that. I've been. Do you know a part that you want to read? The the best part to read is the opening chapter. Well, we're not going to read the whole chapter, dude. Well, it takes. I'm not prepared. You're not prepared. Not to read like a small section. Why don't you just read the back of the book? All right. And you do that. Cameron, do you want to read it? All right. Uh, Is your mic on? Um, so start right, yeah, perfect. Start right there. It's two paragraphs, but this is a summary of the book. This will be good for our listeners. Some places seem too beautiful to be touched by horror. Summit Lake nestled in the Blue Ridge Mountains is that kind of place with charming silt houses dotted along the pristine water. But two weeks ago, Becca Curiously, a first-year lawyer student was brutally murdered in one of those houses. The daughter of a powerful attorney, Becca was hardworking, accomplished, and ambitious. Now, while the town reels with grief and shocked residents gather to share their theories, the police are baffled. Should I read the second part? Second paragraph. At first, investigative reporter Kelsey Castle thinks of the assignment as a fluff piece, but the savagery of the crime and the determined efforts to keep the case quiet all hint at the something far more than a random attack by a stranger. As Kelsey digs deeper and pu- pushing on despite of danger and warning, she feels a growing connection to the dead girl. And the more she learns about Becca's friendships, her love life, and the secrets she was keeping, the more convinced she becomes that learning the truth about Becca could be the key to overcoming her own dark past. Thank you, Kim. It's creepy. A little spooky. Um, it's less creepy when Cameron reads it. Yes, it is. <laughs> she did. A, she buffered it nicely. Um, so... Uh, Amazon.com. Do you have a website? I don't even know. Yeah, charliedonley.com. Oh, I didn't know that. All right, good. Uh, anything and else? Will we'll... you spell Donnelly? Because people will think it's Donnelly. Yeah, like yeah it's spell actually... it like Stanfell used to in college. That, 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 that's Donnelly. D O N L E A. Donnelly. Donnelly. It's spelled D O N L E A. It's pronounced Donnelly. CharlieDonley.com. Any parting thoughts? Am I forgetting to ask you anything that's important? I think we've covered it all. All right. Thanks for having me. Maybe we'll have you on for the next book. I'd love to come back. Yeah. Sweetie, anything? No, I feel like we uh, talked about a lot of things. And please uh, know if you love fiction, suspense fiction, you are going to love this book. Go out and get it. Yeah. Highly recommend. Go buy the book. Don't even buy Kathy's. Buy Charlie's today (laughs) and buy Kathy's next week. Yes. Like, go into this fiction world and enjoy it. Get lost. The next day, read my book and get, like, highly conscious and self-aware. And then sign up for the Zen Parenting Conference, March 11th and 12th. That's right. Cameron, any parting thoughts? No. I'll say keep trucking. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. That's our show, friends. We hope you felt outstanding. And if you want to continue feeling this outstanding, go to zenparentingradio.com and subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe via iTunes, and while you're there, feel free to give us a kind review. You can email us at comments at zenparentingradio.com 
or you can record a voicemail by clicking on the send us a voice message link on our homepage with comments or questions. Don't forget our Zen Parenting Conference is on March 11th and 12th, 2016. For more details, go to zengetsreal.com. If you're interested in any of Kathy's three award-winning books, you can purchase through our website or through Amazon. We also do local presentations, virtual retreats, and movie screenings, which can be found by clicking on the events tab on our webpage. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you're interested in the tribe, the monthly men's group that I co-facilitate, you can go to thetribemensgroup.com for more details. Lastly, and most importantly, a special thanks to our three partners, Avid Company, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and John J. Kelly Dentistry. If you own a business and are interested in partnering with us, please send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Finally, we're grateful for your support and encouragement. We only ask that you give the same to yourself and the people you love most. Until next time.